opposing the government and opposing the Conservatives. I'm afraid it's the hard left who want to tighten their control. They want to uh, sideline uh, moderate voices. I don't think anybody should be surprised about that is the nature of the hard left. And of course we know that the hard left famously cannot tolerate any who dissent whatsoever. Well, we know who the hard left are, who associate with the hard left. You just said that we were right to right wing. The hard left agenda, printing money, nationalisation without compensation, that is a hard left wing position. Hard left is the hard left, 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 Welcome to Real Politic, everyone. We're hanging out today for a very special reason, which is to uh, sort of follow up our episode that we did on the legendary FX drama The Shield. The Shield's spirit has stayed resonant throughout American television drama in the years since it came off the air. And one of its writers, Kurt Sutter, who also appears in the show, went on to helm his own project. This is the ultimate Sutter resorteur piece of work we're seeing here. His work is very much evident in The Shield, but at the same time, the defining voice of that show is its creator, Sean Ryan. To talk about Kurt Sutter's masterwork, Sons of Anarchy, today, expanding, in fact, upon our metaphor uh, of podcasts as motorcycle gangs from our episode with the uh, the leftover crew. We're bringing in the uh, president of another motorcycle gang that has <laughs> been bringing terror to uh, the, the just just generally the United Kingdom for a few years now. It's our friend and serial RP guest Riley Quinn of the Trash Future podcast. Hello, Riley. Hey, everyone. Uh, it is great to be here, and I'm very excited for us to uh, plan a crime that will uh, have a payoff of upwards of $100 and only claim 30 lives. <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, as as you will know from watching Sons of Anarchy, when uh, one motorcycle gang invites the leader of another motorcycle gang to a summit... Uh, it means that we are going to pull out our guns now and murder you, unfortunately, mm -hmm. uh, right. which will be the thing that you least expected, despite yeah. the Suns doing it about 20 times to all their other rivals. I, I think my, my favorite thing about Suns overall is like, no, okay, number one, it's the way that like, the, okay, you ever see the show Oz? Yes, yes, great show. So you know how in Oz, like, not just the prison, but, like, this special wing of the prison and the main prisoners in it, for some reason, are, like, the focal point of the entire state's politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much like that, it feels like the Sons of Anarchy, it's, like, yeah, like, a nine-person motorcycle uh, <laughs> club charter uh, is, like the focal point of like an entire of the everyone's lives in an entire town yeah and and like a lot of global geopolitics <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite thing right is 
you know, it's ba- they are a group of like you know violent criminals who like run who run a lot of guns and so on, um, and who are always like you know will will just do tons of property damage like by accident, kill people by accident, yeah. start huge bar fights as part of like convoluted schemes to like <laughs> distract the police or whatever. Yeah. But like anytime anyone in charming is like sort of questioned as like is it really good that the sons of anarchy are here? It's like, yeah, well, they keep a Walmart from coming in because it's crime rates. So yeah, high. yeah, yeah. They're, they're gonna like develop uh, like some new properties. They're gonna gentrify the area, yeah, basically. <laughs> like in one of the episodes towards the end of the first season, Ron Perlman, you know, when they uh, they decide to kill that uh, Port Authority guy because oh, yeah. uh, he killed the Irishman, uh, <laughs> Ron Perlman's like, oh, murder for money. That's a real dirty job. I don't know if we can do it. <laughs> and my partner who was watching with me was just like, wait, what What have they been doing if not murder for hire? Yeah. That's, mur- that's, that's accidental murders. That's are, those are murders. <laughs> yeah, totally different. Or just like cold-blooded, like just, you know, in the heat of the moment. Yeah, murder. murder for revenge. Or like, yeah. or murder because, like, like one of the things I love about the Sons of Anarchy is that like, they're acting out what like the stupid guy fantasy of being a criminal is. Which mm. is like, <laughs> uh, well, I would do like I would do lots of organized crime and racketeering and charge like protection vigs and whatever, but I wouldn't let any drugs in the town. So- <laughs> oh yeah, they're very against drugs. All they seem to fucking do, like the entire cornerstone of their operation, is that they sell guns, uh-huh. partly to Those like much safer than drugs. Yeah, two drugs. Part, yeah, part mainly <laughs> to like criminal other criminal gangs, like into the like the cartels and shit, but also like also. It, in a big way to the IRA. No, they bu- and, I, mean, uh, I thought they mostly yeah. buy the guns from the IRA, and then oh, they do they s- buy the guns from? Yes, and then they distribute them from the IRA to the other criminal gangs. The sheer devotion to the Sons of Anarchy specifically is such that they can never double cross one of their customers too many times for them to like be suspicious of them at all <laughs> stop being their customers get their guns from another source um not like blindly ally with them again i think there's one episode yeah. in um I think either the end of season one or the beginning of season two, where they are like setting up a. Oh, yeah, it's the end of season one. They're setting up a fake gun buy from the Niners, who are like a, a black gang in Oakland, um, to be like uh, ambushed by the Mayans, which is like a, a like a, a Hispanic motorcycle gang. And the I and the whole, their own spinoff series yeah, now. Who, yeah, they were they were they were ambushed by another Kurt Sutter directed spinoff series, and um, <laughs> they were they basically like betrayed both of them in a very obvious way and tried to get them to attack each other. <laughs> yeah. But then they just never stop working with the Suns for some reason. Y- yeah, they fuck over so many people, so many other gangs. Like, it's a miracle anyone... Like, the way that they just, like, murder the leadership of, like, every gang yeah. at some point in the series. Like, how has this not happened to them? Because they've, they've literally done something terrible uh-huh. to, like, every heavily armed criminal organization within like well not just like even in the state like extending to the ira and stuff <laughs> like at one point plant a bomb in their pub uh because they fuck off the uh, so i guess the ira do at least try and kill all of them oh everyone but, um, tries to kill them but it never yeah. works 
Yeah, there's they're they're so good at not getting killed. I mean, it's kind of like a, a like a, a weird or like offbeat comparison because they're very tonally different shows. But it kind of remind reminded me of like I watched all of Dexter recently and yeah. I thought it re- it had such a rapid downturn as the show goes on because he like catches every other serial killer in like two seconds and, <laughs> and uh, but then you've got like eight seasons in and it's still only ever one like obsessively driven individual per season who realizes there's something up with this like <laughs> really creepy guy who's killed like a thousand people by the end of the eight seasons or something but also serial killers are so rare (laughs) well yeah 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 and that guy is a very 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 prolific one yeah but there's so how do you find one how do you find a serial killer a week yeah, I know, but, but <laughs> yeah, it's great. Well, Florida, you know, real, yeah. real debased yeah, place. You can put the same logic up against Sons of Anarchy, which is like, well, hang on. Yeah. How is there this much of a criminal? Like, I guess they're just based in Charming, but they sell to everyone yeah. else around Charming. But they also like, their whole thing is that everyone in Charming loves them, but also pays them an excessive vig. It's not like downtown LA or something. Yeah. It's just country california and, and, and also they own and work as mechanics but like <laughs> yeah every- yeah they actually do the mechanic shit for real but like all of them seem to like be more broke than you would be working as a mechanic job with organized <laughs> yeah, yeah, crime yeah. money also coming in because they, okay the, the, the sons of anarchy for me has kind of the same phenomenon as uh uncut gems which is everyone is constantly passing around small, large amounts of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's always sort of between twenty five dollars and $50,000 sort of just changing hands for stuff, and no one ever seems to really get much. No one's ever, no one's ever stealing something worth a million dollars. It's like you're doing, like, small-time mm. rip-offs, but, which, again, it, I'm not saying $35,000 isn't a lot of money, but, like, in the context of an international gun running organization, <laughs> well, they they never actually seem to make any money no, because never. someone someone yeah. will fuck their shit up as soon as they steal like thirty thousand dollars or whatever. Uh, and again, somebody, well, somebody uh, will then steal an equivalent amount of shit from them, like trash their porn studio yeah, or something, causing causing millions in property damage. It's just robbing Peter to pay Paul on a criminal enterprise scale. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah. Simultaneously really amazing at what they do and really utterly incompetent. Like when they just keep mixing drugs up in the first season. <laughs> it's, it's a gang of all stupid guys. You're just like they give the, the guy juice a pill and he's like, oh well, better take I just saw them use use some pills to knock out two police officers that were like supposed to be watching over us. Anyway, time to take one of these without asking what it is. They're all called like Chibs and Tibs. Yeah. Like they've all got like cat names. Uh-huh. And like they're... Oh fuck, and fuck and what it was is that in in that incident when Juice is supposed to go get the ammunition for, like, all of their guns, um, he then takes one of these <laughs> sleeping pills by accident, falls asleep, and then they take all the guns with no ammunition. And it's like, how are you in charge of a criminal enterprise if you're not even checking if you brought your am- ammo? That's a joke yeah. from the movie Deadpool. <laughs> Sons of Anarchy rules. 
It's an yeah, awesome yeah, yeah, show, no, and I really love it. Fun show. <laughs> well, I was like, by the end, I like I say, I just blazed through all fucking seven seasons, or whatever, however many there are. I think seven. Yeah, I think it was very much because Kurt Sutter, The Shield, was the first show he did. That had seven seasons, so I think you know he the he seven very son of much seventh son of a seventh son. Well, yeah, Kurt Sutter is a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, he <laughs> either way, he very much idolizes the uh, the televisual sorcery of Sean Ryan. So I imagine he was just like seven seasons is good enough for Sean. It's good enough for me. <laughs> I was just cracking up increasingly at just like the, the shit like the fucking Jax Teller writes in his his diary, like inspired by by his late father murdered, obviously by Ron Perlman's motorcycle diaries. But it's just like you know like i walk a lonely road but you know it's the only road that i have ever known i don't know where it goes (laughs) (laughs) damn that's some deep shit yeah (laughs) my favorite bit is when he's like walking in a uh in like a culvert and just like finds like a page of emma goldman graffiti on a wall (laughs) <laughs> yeah. What does it say? Uh, it says like, her definition of what anarchism anarchism's relation to relationship with freedom. So um number one, Sons of Anarchy cancelled for revisionism. But uh number two <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah boo, I mean I boo, think that def- how did it go with the Spanish Civil War, you splitters? Yeah, I think that Sons of Anarchy, uh, it's very much anarchy over anarchism. I don't think they're very much grounded well, in like no, left anarchism. They're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, because um Thomas yeah. Teller he was an anarchist and then founded this gang with some of his with his like buddies from the army after like becoming an anarchist and then wrote the book uh how the south that's the other thing he like wrote a novel about like this small motorcycle club <laughs> and he wrote a book about like again that no one from outside this town would really probably be familiar with um and was like how the sons of anarchy lost their way and and but yeah, then it is like, about... I wonder what their way was. What did they do before the guns? Drugs? Well, it was they. They, they never did drugs. Don't do um, drugs, man. <laughs> we 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 kill hundreds of people, but drugs are bad. Yeah, okay? we we. If, if I see anyone dealing drugs, I will kill them. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is the. It seems to be the Sons of Anarchy thing. Well, that's just reminding me of my, my point about, like, how they are basically serial killers and your point about how, like, there aren't that many serial killers in the world. Like, they would get caught. Like, these guys just <laughs> commit such, like, wanton acts of violence. Like, it really gets to the point where I was just, like, laughing out loud when someone gets shot in the face. Oh, like, yeah. it, it gets <laughs> so, like, <laughs> over the top and comic, like, like when people get blown up. But, it, but they, they, they were founded as, like, an anarchist, as an anarchist uh bike bike club um yeah it's that then like then the, the sort of conceit is that clay morrow turned them f- from like doing outlaw shit in order to like live beyond capitalism or whatever uh clay morrow brought them down the path of gun running and is just uh, yeah. lo- and loves gun running and like hey it's still to be ira i mean like you know at least there's comrades involved in it and and hates <laughs> absolutely fucking hates the idea of like diversifying into legitimate businesses because he just loves <laughs> selling guns but like not well and never many yeah i mean well they they do right. kind of embrace like their sort of uh, left anarchist roots later on in the series i mean they they massacre various nazis at points i mean 
yeah, admittedly. In the first season, they sell some guns to those survivalist Nazis in the woods and then blow them up. They do, yeah. It's more it's more gang warfare than like activism, you know. But they're, they're not quite anti-far, <laughs> but like they they do kind of. Uh, oh, by the way, they they uh, have a rule against black members joining, but then they change that rule when uh, when Jax eventually becomes leader. They just kind of like say, "Hey, man, you know, I think it might be time to change some of those old bylaws." But they never mention it again. Like, mm-hmm. uh, then, oh, they never let a black person in, much like the civil rights. <laughs> much like the civil rights movement, it was much more of like a a change that wasn't really reflected in you know an actually like like getting rid of the deep racism in, theory, in the country. Like, yeah. no, we're going to change the law, but you're still very much a second class citizen. <laughs> well, they, they actually, yeah. they, they let the leader of the gang, uh, what the, 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 I'm trying to, I, I don't want to like mess up their name and say something problem. The Grim Bastards, that's it. The, the, the one of the black gangs. Uh, they their leader like defects to the sons because like there's just you know bad shit going on in the grim bastards uh you know <laughs> various uh, unhinged people in, in the, uh the chain of commands but but yeah they 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 like kill a bunch of Nazis at at, at a couple of points yeah that's like this the second season is your main like anti-nazi season yeah Henry Rollins shows yeah. up playing the Nazi guy which is Henry Rollins awesome with book. like kind of like a what a, a German accent like like what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I did. I didn't really clock that. I mean, it's very like it's a very Rollinsy performance because I mean, obviously. Oh, sorry, no. I'm 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 not thinking of of, of I'm thinking of of the the other guy, um, oh, the main the, the main Nazi, older yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rollins is kind of like his dog's body, but he kind yeah. of like becomes the primary villain of season two as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ethan yeah, Z- Ethan Zobel. Oh yeah, no, that guy's a great actor as well. Great at those like rednecky kind of parts. He's a, yeah. a, a, played by Adam Arkin. That's what it was. So I had to. Check oh that. right, yeah. yes, yes. Adam Arkin is the actor rather than yeah, Ethan Zobel. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. Um, yeah, re- really good role. Um, at one point, yeah, I mean, I would say that their views do get more progressive as the seasons go on. Oh, that's the good. sons, the sons, that is not necessarily the show. Uh, so obviously these guys, you know, they've got the anti-imperialist foreign policy with the, their links with the IRA, and at one point Hamas as well. Like, what are these guys, <laughs> Corbynistas? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember how Hamas actually figure into like the gun distribution chain or or what, but like, there's definitely there's some shit about like they're part of it like the ira is selling guns to them or they're selling guns to the ira and uh... and look if there's a gun deal the sons have to be involved so that they can take i can't <laughs> emphasize this enough a tiny piece of it <laughs> yeah 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 but then um later on uh they introduced the issue of trans rights into the show sort of or um, well, the first Brit- time they introduce it boy do they not do a good job of it <laughs> Is that so? So, have you seen any of the stuff with Walton Goggins as the trans woman? Because, like, I it's almost like obviously. So, Walton Goggins is one of the main stars of The Shield. He plays Shane Vendrell, one of the like one of the best foreheads in the game. I gotta. Oh man, yeah. yeah. And he and he deliberately like he accentuates his forehead by like you know making his hair as tall as possible. I love Walton Goggins, man. Like, amazing actor. He gets him in the morning knowing what he looks like, and just yeah. being like, well. I need. I want someone today to say, "There goes Walton Goggins." <laughs> I need, and I need him to notice me from across town. 
Yeah, he's just, like, got such a distinctive style and also just, like, his line delivery is, like, nothing else. Like, his fucking southern drool is, like, so, like, lyrical. I don't know. Have you have you seen Justified, actually, in which he plays sort of, like, the primary antagonist in a way, but he's not really... You know, they always have a guy who's worse than him. You know? <laughs> but he's great in that show, and that is very much like, you know... Because you see, oh, Walton Goggins is reuniting with Kurt Sutter after The Shield. He's going to show up in six episodes, I believe, of Sons of Anarchy. That's going to be great. You know, presumably Walton's going to be one of the fellas. He's going to, like, join the cast, and they're going to do some crime and murder some people and sell some guns and so on. Uh, but then he's cast as a trans woman. I guess it's uh, Kurt Sutter trying to flip the script on you and give you something unexpected, just as just as the Shield, you know, always tried to do. But it's a pretty problematic uh, depiction of a trans woman, even though it's sympathetic. It's all like, oh wow, she's got massive tits and yeah. uh, a fixation on her genitalia and whether or not she's gonna <laughs> get the op. But like, um, at the same time, the sons themselves are sympathetic to her and they're a little bit transphobic in that like i think chib starts a relationship with her or is it the other guy it's tig 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 yeah tib tibs and oh god tig, tig. and chibs of a <laughs> the independent group <laughs> change uk the independent I mean, to be fair if you want to talk Chuck about tig. if you want to talk about a british political party that can be understood with reference to the Sons of Anarchy, it is Chuck Tig. <laughs> oh shit, there was nine of them originally. Yeah. Just like the fucking Sons. Uh-huh. It, look, it is... <laughs> it, it, and think about think about what it is that they accomplished. They sort of tried to like be everyone's enemy and just assumed loved them and centered them in everything, that they were much more popular yeah. than they were for reasons that were like vaguely related to ideas about like, oh, I, th I think Charmin's good because I think Charmin's great or whatever. And it's like, ah, oh, please, why, why don't you be the official mayor? I, we should make the motorcycle club run charming. Oh, I wish you could park your motorcycle in my house. <laughs> and, it's a, the, the, and then, like, just the constant, like, betrayals and backbiting. Uh, the, just completely <laughs> yeah. fucking up every chance at PR they get. They are, ex they are exactly yeah. the sons of anarchy. In yeah. real life and less cool. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm Gapes is a real like Ron Perlman kind of type. Oh uh, no, I think I think Chucka's Ron Perlman. Um Gapes Gapes Wait, is who's uh, Gapes is like yeah. Tig. <laughs> Just like the depraved sexual deviant. Um <laughs> <laughs> that wait that, that's another problematic thing which is that tig is de depicted as a depraved sexual deviant and then he's the one who gets together with yeah, the trans no woman good. that was a bit a bit a bit bait yeah, yeah. <laughs> um although yeah what i was gonna say on that note is that like the sons themselves are pretty sympathetic to but her bobby and, like, gapes is bobby had... <laughs> that's what it is <laughs> oh yeah oh oh i see yeah bobby v bobby yeah. elvis i would love gapes to, doing, gapes an elvis doing an elvis you're nothing but a hound dog that'd be awesome i can't do a good gapes <laughs> waving his his finger around yeah <laughs> we can get on together with suspicious minds <laughs> uh yeah uh, <laughs> uh.
<laughs> the trans woman's had a bad upbringing like you know her mother's this very abusive piece of shit who's also a pedophile by the way so that makes you much more sympathetic when what transpires transpires which is that like she goes on this horrendous rant to the trans woman played by Walter Scott, Walton Goggins like the most hateful bigoted thing you've ever fucking heard and it's so transphobic that Jack's teller is like, fuck this, and just murders her, <laughs> just shoots her right there. <laughs> yeah. Again, again class- a classic stupid guy thing to be like, man, I wish someone would be bigoted in front of me so I could shoot them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if someone said that transphobic shit about me, man, you know, I just... Yo, if, you're ever transphobic, if you're ever transphobic about me, Jax Teller, because I have slightly long hair. Oh, the other thing he does that's a classic stupid guy fantasy is like... When um when when the the circus clown commits the sexual assault and and they're like mm, and they're like yeah. we've imagined this we've sort of created this in such a way that it's like street justice can now be delivered where it's like it's it's again it's the same it's the same thing of oh I wish someone would so I can yeah. cut off his nutsack I'm gonna be the the good police where I I commit all a bunch of crimes but I keep drugs out and I kill I kill people I kill rapists <laughs> <laughs> yeah d- they they cut off his balls and then kill him don't they no they he just bleeds out they kind of oh, leave right, him okay. for dead yeah which to be fair oh, right, that does yeah. happen well, and would happen yeah yeah no I, I I I'm sure one of the more realistic <laughs> moments in this show. In terms of like being the good lawman, like there 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 seems to be little basis for it. Like I mean, the central conceit is that like for years and years, the sheriff, the but like bumbling cuck sheriff Unser has just like uh, been letting them run amok because they keep the town safe. We never get to see what that looks like because they're just bringing constant crime, like constant heat to the little town. Yeah. Charming, like. We've never heard the word uh, "darling" so much as in that in Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> like Gemma, played by um, Katie Segal from Futurama, is an amazing character. Like the steely matriarch of uh, yeah. of the Teller family. There's like some songs on the soundtrack sung by Katie Segal. Um, some of which are pretty good. One of them I looked up on Shazam because I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool song. And it was like, but I th- no, I think I was like, what is this version of Son of a Preacher Man? Because it's not the dusty version, but it's pretty good. Uh, and yeah, that was Katie Segal. And, and there's generally like, I mean, there's some good tunes in the show, but at the same yeah. time, like every song that is covered in the show, um, apart from that decent version of Son of a Preacher Man, would be much more dramatically effective if they just used the original. Like it's all, it, it's just like some absolute shit, like Anvil covering "Gimme Shelter" by the Rolling Stones, like, um, right. which is a song that like it doesn't even sound good when the Stones do it live. Like it just like the studio version is the one with that feel that if you want to put "Gimme Shelter" in your show, it's because of like that haunting feel of the studio recording and. Just having Anvil do it as like a, just like a dumb heavy metal thrasher is just a bit kind of uh, underwhelming. And there's like there's a Neil Young cover in there at one point. There's a Bob Dylan c- cover. Oh, oh, the the Sons of Anarchy loves to end an episode on like a sort of spacey montage under like a cover of a popular song. Oh, a montage. Oh, so boring. Yeah. 
Oh man, that those were like the most tedious bits of the show. But then, like, because they don't have dialogue, if you fucking don't watch them, then you don't realize if they reveal anything plot related in those. So it's it's such a bind, you know. You you're like, oh, I want to like look at the computer, but but you know, if I li- if I listen, all I'm hearing is like some sad sack like Mumford's cover of Hey Hey My My <laughs> or something, you yeah. know. Just just <laughs> listening to that cover <laughs> of Shawadi Wadi. <laughs> no, I, but again, as much as as much as it's fun to like rip on Sons of Anarchy for being a ridiculous program, uh, one thing it does have that I think so fucking little has, and especially like the shit that's just vomited out by like the streaming platforms. Kurt Sutter is mm. a strange man with a singular focus on like oddballs doing crime, weird but loving themselves doing it. And I don't think he means it as a satire. I think he just thinks that it's cool. (laughs) And and he just like he just makes these shows with this singular creative vision that I'm not even sure he's necessarily aware that he has. I mean, the shield, right, is his involvement in the shield, like it's like it's it's like it's a comparable show in some ways. Like you can certainly see the influence of the shield on Sons of Anarchy. But like it's when when your programming is just like trapped in cinematic universes because it like has to have nine tie-ins to like be marketable or is like based on you know netflix like watcher data you don't get sons of anarchy no yeah no that's true and and if anything i thought i i haven't watched all of it but i watched a bit of mayan's mc and uh it definitely doesn't feel as sutter that's kind of like you know it, it's that problem like you you take something into that realm of like the spin-offs and you may not like retain that feel i mean part of it is to his credit he thought well as a like you know out of touch slightly reactionary white guy i who's not known for like you know he's like political correctness isn't high up on my to-do list uh, he's like um <laughs> yeah he he thought well maybe you know it's best that i don't like be the sole head writer of this show about a mexican gang well not mexican but a hispanic american gang and um so he brought in uh elgin james who's a really fascinating guy who used to like he used to like run these really militant like anti-fascist groups i I don't think I can really explain it well, but people should look him up because he's had such like a a fascinating life. I think he was like involved in like the straight edge hardcore scene, um, and then that branched out into like fucking just wiping the racist out of heart the hardcore scene, and then into just uh you know very um you know cool yeah. <laughs> attacks on on fascists <laughs> throughout uh detroit or wherever he was based but um yeah, anyway he he sort of uh i think he went to prison for a bit and he renounced violence and yeah now is the sole showrunner of mayan's mc because kurt sutter actually got fired by fx recently <laughs> for being a difficult man <laughs> of course he would because it's hard to work it is hard to work with creative people the vision is yeah an odd one but it is a per. It is. It has an incredible clarity of vision. Does the sons of yeah, anarchy? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's very difficult to work with someone who has because you have to be a difficult person to bring that level of clarity of of vision in fiction to the screen and do it for like seven seasons. And like it, I think some of like the ability of the show, like I think the show does lose a bit of its sense of fun 
as it carries on. Yeah, but I actually found that yeah. funnier. Like, you know, like, Jax Teller is smart as a yeah. whip. You know, but it's it, like, yeah, he's... Yeah. No, he isn't. <laughs> but what I, what I like about it, right, is even if it does lose a little bit of that sense of fun, it has nowhere near the drop-off that it could have. And it ver- it is never yeah. stops being the Sons of Anarchy. It never be- it never slowly morphs into a different show. That vision is seen through the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I think I think that's pretty true. Like, I mean, in terms of like, I was talking about the music in the show. Kurt Sutter definitely is one of those like televisual auteurs who imposes their record collection on the viewer. Like, it's you can tell the stuff he likes. You know, it's the good shit for the fellas. You know. Neil Young, Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones. He loves, I think, like, the Stones are his favorite band just by the sheer amount of covers of them in the show, you know? And he's like, look, this, Fair, is, yeah. the, this is the tone I want. You guys, you're going to listen to my music over an emotional montage. You're going to... Uh, you're gonna get to know my characters. You're gonna like them, god damn it. And uh, you know, you're gonna think they're clever. Obviously, you know, the last point. It's gonna be hard to um convince people on that. But you know, he almost creates such a fu- <laughs> a fully realized world that in the Sons of Anarchy world, the Sons of Anarchy guys are comparatively oh, absolutely. smart <laughs> like jack jack's teller <laughs> despite being like this just dumb guy who's like bro bro i love you bro like that's like the p- p- primary thing is like a big manly hug <laughs> like bro you know i got your back like that's like the defining yeah. thing of the show like um yeah. he he's like you know he does get one up on like every single criminal gang in the world the ira i'm sure hamas like maybe yeah, the missed labor that party bit. the nazis <laughs> Yeah, the Labour Party, yeah, all the, like, you know, the primary vectors of of, of anti-Semitism in the world, the Obama administration, for example, like, they, um, yeah, they they basically, like, just win over, you know, repeatedly. Well, because the the, the sons may be incompetent, but every, every other person in that world is incredibly so. Yeah, I mean, like, they have one guy, ah, I forget his name, but there's a, a deputy sheriff who is, like, gonna sort of turn the town around. He's gonna replace Unser. And then, I don't think he does replace Unser. Like, Unser, like, makes a deal with uh, with Ron Perlman and decides to stay on. And then at the end yeah. of season three, like, it's just disappears. <laughs> I think I think maybe he gets murdered, but, like, the character clearly... The I know act- he had cancer, Unser. Or are you talking about the younger guy? Unser, Unser oh. has cancer throughout the whole series. Like, he's got long My cancer. Bad. He's, <laughs> you know. He's got some long-term cancer, yeah. Yeah, but um, but no, this one, like, law enforcement official uh, who's actually, like, a local guy rather than a, a fed. Feds I'll get to in a second because they uh, portrayed not well. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, not as good guys, but, um, but, they, but like... He, yeah, he just, he gives it a shot, and then, like, clearly no man can uh, bring order to Charming. <laughs> like, maybe maybe the sons are the only thing that can keep this town in check, <laughs> after all, because the police never seem to manage it. I can't remember who plays her. There's a, a, a female um, ATF agent at one point who's agent a great Stahl. character. Agent Stahl. Uh, do you know who she's played by? Uh, it is a woman, Ali Walker. Ali Walker. She's amazing. Oh, She's yeah. a really like yeah. driven, well, obsessively driven 
Uh, like the one guy per season in Dexter who realizes he's a serial killer. Like the one, the one, the one person in law enforcement who realizes that like you have to try a little bit to like try to beat the Sons of Anarchy. Like you can't just sort of walk yeah, yeah, in yeah. and assume that they're just gonna like allow themselves to be arrested. <laughs> yes, you will need to do some evidence. You need to be like the one like police officer who isn't like either in their pocket or slowly convinced that like you have to work with them. To to get like the worst thing out of the town. Have you guys watched the Opie? Uh, like, how much of the of Opie's narrative have you seen? Because he, um, yeah, he gets put through a lot of shit because of Agent Stall's yeah. underhand tactics. Um, essentially, uh, Tibbs and um, Ron Perlman just like murder his wife, thinking that they're yeah. going to murder him. Uh, Again, a classic, a classic <laughs> Sons of Anarchy thing. And he just like stays yeah, yeah. in the group even when he finds out about this because he he is still angry about it. Like, but just privately, he's like, "Well, you know, I guess my bros come first. They did murder my wife, but on the other hand, you know, this is a brotherhood." Uh, and then and then and then Ron Perlman murders his dad. <laughs> The reason that they kill his wife, if you remember, was that Tig was like, he saved my life in one of the many uh, convoluted double crosses we set up between the Niners and the Mayans. <laughs> and I had a clear shot at him, but I couldn't, because they thought he was informing, that he, it turned out he wasn't, he was just being set up to look like that. And Tig was like, I thought I had a clear shot at him, but I couldn't take it. So when I pulled up on him in the truck, I knew I had to I had to shoot before I saw who it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I was I was too good of a friend to confirm that it was the guy I was killing. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't look at him, man. Uh, and they're all yeah. Tig is like totally forgiven. Like spoiler, but he's actually like one of the only guys who's still alive at the end of the series. I think he becomes <laughs> the fucking leader of the gang. <laughs> like him and what Chibs. The they're like <laughs> they're they're somehow like these two like just knuckleheads who like all they do well is just just cold-bloodedly kill people takes just this guy who out of the blue just said like this is why i beat hookers for no reason yeah. oh, did he say that fucking hell it's a yeah it's a total tangent in season one like and, and, and it was funny because i was laughing i was laughing and then he says that line and i was like uh i don't I I think good anymore. I think they, they yeah, <laughs> I think they probably like would like us to forget about that because if the series goes on, one of the sons' trademarks is how ethical and respectful of women they are in their <laughs> involvement in the sex trade. Like they Well, like the very first episode is so horrible to uh, the the mother of the baby. Oh yeah, that's well, it's mainly Gemma. All because uh, she's being a drug addict. Yeah, 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 it's all you junkie bitch. Like it's so many things Again, said like play that. By, play by Drea Di Matteo. Yeah, that great bit of casting. I, I, it didn't occur to me till just now that uh, Drea, Mate Drea Di Matteo is in the show. When when they bring Luann to the area, the the porn, the porn factory that they're gonna give her uh, as like their legitimate business and to like you know do a favor for uh, Otto, who's played by Kurt Sutter, who's still in jail. Yeah. Um, they're like uh, that she comes into this uh, uh, uh this like warehouse. And it's like Jax is just calling like, hey, why don't you come over to this part of the warehouse or whatever? And then she's like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to Adriana me. It's like <laughs> Mateo's in the show. Oh, uh, man. Like what Kurt Sutter's references to like the past work of himself and other people on the show are like so unsubtle. It's like like if the sons are murdering you by hitting you over the head with a hammer. Like it is like there's there's one where so Lem, uh, sorry, the character, the, the actor 
who plays uh, the character Lem in The Shield, gets killed in, like, exactly the same way he does in The Shield, like, blown up by a grenade. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, he even uses, I think, I can't remember the piece of dialogue, but he uses exactly the same piece of dialogue before that he that his character does in The Shield. Um, <laughs> and you've got, like, about... Like, Kurt Sutter really seems to want to emphasise, like, um, you know, this is all in a continuum of... Of, of great shows uh and he brings in i think throughout the series about eight different x-shield cast members i'm not sure if that includes himself but you've even got michael chickless in uh the final two episodes um obviously the lead actor in the shield but yeah you got you got walton goggins you got you got the guy who plays lem you got the guy who plays ronnie you've got the guy who plays asaveda as a cartel guy who is also a CIA agent and is partners with Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah. All, oh, and CCH Pounder as well shows up in uh, the later seasons as a hard-ass district attorney. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> another good bit of casting is Ray McKinnon. I was going to get it to him. I was talking about the show's portrayal of law enforcement. Like, he's one of those guys who, like, you know, I don't know if either of you have seen The Accountant, but it won the Oscar for Best Short Film in 2002. And it's Ray McKinnon and Walton Goggins. And Goggins plays this hapless guy who's uh, run out of money and he's got a seller's farm. And Ray McKinnon is the um you know the financial asshole who comes along uh to you know basically audit his farm uh which means like just sit there and kind of bully walton goggins and demand he gets him a lot of beers and stuff and i think eventually goggins kills him <laughs> but uh anyway but uh although um i don't think he appears with the goggins character ray mckinnon does play like a real <laughs> absolute like piece of shit uh manipulative uh dea agent uh who's just really creepy and sociopathic i can't remember what there's this like scene with him he just like says something like you know one of them is like oh you understand uh in terms of like why they're doing something and he's like i don't but <laughs> he's just like a complete sociopath uh but you know probably one of the more competent law enforcement officials in the series uh and he actually uh has returned in mayan's mc but i'm not sure in the capacity of what i just remembered another character who is in both the shield and mayan's mc uh What's his name? The guy who gets his hands cut off. His, sorry, his fingers cut off by the triad who at one point are involved in uh, the porn industry, which the sons then take over. He uh, wanks too much. Uh, <laughs> so they, they cut his <laughs> the, fingers off. The guy off. was a compulsive masturbator? Yes, and he looks a lot oh, okay. like the British centrist political commentator Ian Dunt. Uh-huh. Uh, and you know what? I value his opinions uh, about as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, God, I was I, I was almost going to say something, but was kind of grim. But it uh, about about uh, cutting things off Ian Dunn. But I just <laughs> but that just reminded me that the like of the trajectory of uh, Kurt Sutter's character Otto, who is just it's 
you know, now writers have often written a character who seems to exist purely to endure punishment, <laughs> you know, to kind of endure like a, a passion of the Christ level amount of tribulation and hardship. <laughs> I don't know many writers in visual mediums who have cast themselves as that character. <laughs> uh, Kurt Sutter as Otto, he, you know, he gets blinded repeatedly. I think raped on a daily basis for uh, a significant part of his arc in the show uh, because he brutally kills this nurse and her brother is like a state marshal or something and he is a bit of a psychopath. Um, right. Yeah, most of the law in the in this show are willing to use yeah. uh, not particularly lawful tactics. Um, but yeah, Otto, like... Just by the end of the show, he's like, he's been so like physically diminished uh, by just all the terrible stuff that's happened to him. But uh, he chews his own tongue out so he can't testify. Like most of the times you see Otto, he's just covered in blood, <laughs> either his his own or somebody else's from whatever <laughs> terrible thing has happened. Uh, and then yeah, then eventually he basically does. Uh, he kills <laughs> he kills one other guy and then does kind of suicide by cop <laughs> by refusing to put down his shank. But yeah, he's in prison for the entirety. Of the series. Oh, he gets cucked as well. Not so much physical hardship, but he gets cucked by Bobby Elvis, like the most grotesque looking man in a series in which uh, only uh, Charlie Hunman is physically uh, attractive of the sons. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's acknowledged that Juice Ortiz is physically attractive as well, but like it's always played as a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true because he has like CSI powers of um. Uh, of finding stuff out on the his, at one point he's like yeah I'll hack the police computer and get us the plot information we need. And the thing is okay like listeners to TF will know that uh, I and Andrew Law from Bunta Vista during the pandemic decided to do uh, or like well things were like extra locked down. Um, not that it's not during the pandemic anymore. We uh, we watched the show uh, Bones season five of the show Bones uh, an episode a week only season five. For a show within a show airing on both the uh, Bonta Vista and TF Patreons <laughs> called uh, the Boney Island Whitefish, uh, named after, of course, the slang for condom. Okay. Um, I, I was and, wondering about that. I didn't have a clue. <laughs> yeah, uh, Coney Island Whitefish uh, was a, sl a, a mid-century New York slang for a condom. <laughs> uh, and I thought it was very Got funny. It. Anyway, um, and uh, in, in Bones... Like there, the plot will be moved along as though by magic from like a character's ability to like hack the mainframe or whatever. But whenever a character's ability to hack the mainframe moves the plot along in Sons of Anarchy, uh, the like, the the like the, the, there is such there's so much of a much clearer sort of sense of fun and purpose than like you know season the the season five out of twelve or whatever of like a of like a, a late two thousands uh, police procedure yeah yeah that I'm I'm willing to forgive a lot more like techno magic right. <laughs> yeah I uh, for sons of I Anarchy. think like with a uh, yeah I guess with um a pre a, a quote unquote prestige show 
they there is always kind of an end point in sight like the idea with these things is that they don't necessarily like run indefinitely like uh what's an example of something with a billion episodes Friends. like uh <laughs> fucking csi yeah. or whatever just it, it bones i suppose but yeah like like one of those like sort of standard procedurals like that was one of the things with the shield like uh that was not a standard procedural and its narrative was very much like wrapped up in seven seasons and the denouement and culmination of that show was very much uh, a continuation of the story told right from the start of the show. So it was very much a complete piece of work. And so I think, yeah, Kurt Sutter tried to bring that uh, and pretty successfully, I think, to Sons of Anarchy yeah i i have to say i do find the show very unintentionally funny a lot of the time but i can't say i don't enjoy it or that i don't think it's like an achievement you know because it's uh you know seven six or seven, seven. seasons right of a, of a dis seven of a distinctive uh artistic perspective oh yeah it it created a rich world that's the thing right and I think like this is this is something that I, I sort of because I've been thinking like how come what is it about this show that is better? Because the thing is, my nostalgia for the Sons of Anarchy has nothing to do with me remembering watching it when I was like a teenager and just thinking like thinking it was good because I was a teenager, and just remembering it as being good because people like fondly remember the stuff that they did when they were teenagers. Personally, I don't really fondly remember like playing World of Warcraft and like posting on forums. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> But uh, but regardless, uh, this is a show I watched relatively recently, and I was just sort of I was struck. But I was like, oh man, for uh, this is a show that is kind of silly, kind of overwritten. It's certainly not like a work of genius like The Sopranos or whatever. Um, but one of the things that they're that they're doing it with it that they don't fucking do so much uh, is they have built a world that is entirely internal to the show. That doesn't depend on connections with like a broader cinematic universe, uh, like yeah. Marvel, whatever, whatever. It is it, it it is very much a piece of prestige TV that doesn't get lost in the aesthetics of its own prestigeness. No, and also isn't full of like um is it isn't fun because it fills in a table of knowable knowledge. That like a company is going to drip feed you like with a Marvel film or WandaVision yeah. or whatever. No, absolutely. Sorry, I, I I didn't mean to like cut you off by going Ugh, about Marvel. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a gut reaction at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, ugh, honestly, I just, but um, yeah, I I mean like the aesthetics of the show, um. They they go for a kind of like, I guess like a, a, an almost like sepia toned style a lot of the time. Like they like everything to look pretty lush and um, like yeah. I, oh god, I don't know. I'm express I'm expressing it badly. Sun beaten. Yeah, sun beaten. Exactly that. Like that California uh, vibe. But what I wanted to get to in terms of the aesthetics is how like fucking literal they are occasionally with how how they um they convey stuff like so um or e- even like just just 
how heavy handed, like in, you know, like I say, like just, just like the sons are murdering you with a hammer. Like, so when they go to Ireland, they uh, <laughs> convey that Belfast is like this bleak fucking like third world war zone because they're not aware that the troubles have pretty much <laughs> ended. Like they, oh good, they, no, no, it would, it is not in the Kurt Sutter uh, 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 idiom to like learn that the troubles have ended or uh, what the IRA is or what Hamas. Yeah, is. yeah, no, and he's just like there's this whole thing about how the IRA just will not deal with the black gangs. Like he's like. You know, if there's one thing the IRA hate more than, I don't know, drugs or something, like, it's black people. And it, did, did he just see, like, that they're, that they're like, nationalists? What's up? Like, he saw that they're nationalists, yeah. or, like, saw that they're Republicans, and was like, oh, okay, so they're anti-black, that makes sense. There's, like, nothing <laughs> oh, yeah. about, like, them being against the British. From what you would get the sense that the, the IRA are just, like, a white supremacist organization who happened to be from Ireland <laughs> in this show. Right. But then at one point, um, like they go uh, because Jax's baby gets kidnapped by a rogue IRA man. <laughs> they go to, uh, in Gemma's words, war-torn <laughs> Belfast, and, um, <laughs> and 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 they convey what a bleak fucking hellhole it is by just like lowering the coloration, like what right. what's it called? But they desaturating. They just desaturate yeah. the colors, so it's basically you're watching a black and white show. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's how they they make these shots but blatantly... in Ireland everything's just grayer yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. like, if it was in the normal color, you'd see that, oh, right, they're still in California. Obviously, these locations <laughs> are blatantly just California. Like, this is South Central, not a fucking, like, <laughs> you've just gone to, like, for the grittiest urban area in Los Angeles that you can find to convey <laughs> Belfast. But, um, but yeah, that, that is awesome. Like, the whole, like, IRA thing. Eventually, by the way, they do managed to get the IRA to like form a gun deal with the the black gangs and uh one mm. of the the guys like Tibbs or Ch Ch Tig. Ch well Chibs is the Scottish one who was yes. I think raised in Belfast. Yeah, that's it. Well he or or Tig potentially. I I can't hear the line in whoever's accent said it. Um so it, you know it could have been the Scot or the American but they basically say well Jacks you just put race relations in Ireland forward by uh, fifty years or something. And it's just, like, what do you think the like, racial just not divided Ireland is? <laughs> do they think that the divided Ireland is a black-white divide? Like, <laughs> it's black. Also, like, are they not aware of like the sort of historic, like all the, like the murals of like Nelson Mandela and IRA control bits of Belfast? <laughs> like, like a historically, like, the history of like Irish Republican resistance to apartheid, for example. Oh man, <laughs> but they are not aware of that in the slightest. Well, of course they would, be, because I don't want to watch the show that is aware of that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> the whole IRA uh, like violence figures is very silly. There's a there's there's a hilarious bit like just in terms of like when the show is like trying to be profound, but it just comes across as like hilariously inarticulate. Like any time he reads from his dad's journal, yeah, yeah. Well, to, also to be clear, I want to say I I would like to see a show that like explores like the radical roots 
Uh, and, or like the, the sort of like the relationship between the ANC and the IRA. That sounds like oh, a yeah, good yeah. show to watch. But not a good Kurt Sutter show. <laughs> I don't want to see like someone. I don't want to see a Kurt Sutter show <laughs> getting something right. Yeah. <laughs> In that way. Uh, and again, Kurt Sutter gets a lot right. But what he gets right is what is my vision? Yeah. <laughs> and how am I going to put it on the screen? And part of the vi- and part of the vision of a great Kurt Sutter show, what makes it so wonderful, is that it is all of is that everything in it is like stupid guy reality, and I like the that. stupid line I was thinking of was then like Jack says to the IRA guys like you're just a thug like the rest of us you just fire Catholic bullets. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, it's like it's absolutely hilarious. Like, yeah, recently the Guardian actually published an article like uh Ireland 1921, how Republicans used their whiteness to win freedom. Um and and I was saying, well, people mock were mocking this article, but Sons of Anarchy famously taught us what the defining characteristic <laughs> of Irish nationalism is an unabashed white supremacism that dwarfs that of even of especially white trash American biker gangs who are uh, the, the greatest <laughs> anti-racists in in the world uh, because they changed their bylaws so that they could have like one black member. <laughs> and they all don't use a bunch of slurs every 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, what's weird is they always they always like talk about like you've got a problem with color. They just refer to like uh, people of color just as color. But, like they're always like right. black has an issue with this or brown has an well, issue. Like, we need to be in a color team, and when we're like you know <laughs> in prison for like half a day, and one of us gets killed. <laughs> oh, man. Just immediately. <laughs> so, episode two of the new Adam Curtis series, which I'm sure you've watched. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it was directed by Kurt Sutter. <laughs> yeah, well, it's called Shooting and Fucking is the Same Thing, which is what an episode of the Sh- uh, Sons of Anarchy or The Shield would be called if they were allowed to use the F word. I didn't clock <laughs> that until several seasons in, but like, oh yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. FX. Nobody's saying yeah. fuck. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the FX is they X'd out all the Fs. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> That's the kind of great comedy you get from podcasts. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon, folks. Both Patreons. <laughs> when they go to Ireland in season three, they Irish up the Sons of Anarchy theme. So it's like riding through this world, but with tin whistles. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they, they, with the world's most Irish band, the Dropkick Murphys. Oh, did the Dropkick Murphys come in? T- no, I, 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 it's what the, that's the style. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah it's, it's very yeah. much that kind of thing. Yeah, wait. Yeah, we went to like Kurt's like that's like Kurt Sutter's understanding of geopolitics is like one notch better that has them like going to Ireland, aka Boston. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, and um, the other thing is uh, another former Shield character who shows up in the show is um, sorry, another Shield actor is uh, Jay Carnes, I think his name is, who plays Dutch. In the shield, and Dutch is like he's like a nice guy, but like the subtext of the character is that he's a nice guy, capital N, capital G, a bit of right. a creep. Um, and then he's cast as a full-on like stalker and rapist who's also an ATF agent in <laughs> uh, mm. in Sons of Anarchy. So that's that's very good. Uh, another very good bit of casting. Uh, also speaking of creepy characters, you got um um Marilyn Manson 
as uh, a guy who uh, shares a cell and various other things with uh, with with Juice. Because that's the uh, that's the scariest that's the scariest person that Kurt Sutter can imagine, like Marilyn Manson or like Glenn Danzig. He did Columbine, dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's he never watched um, b- Bowling for Columbine and was take taken in by the uh, oh oh he's a really nice and intelligent guy because he's not like eating bats <laughs> in front of me or something. Oh <laughs> uh, well, um, so yeah, that I I hope everyone has enjoyed the fact that we have just been uh, riding through this world for a good hour or so with the uh with you know with 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 the just beautiful protectors of of the town of charming the the sons of anarchy god what a good show i i give my strongest (laughs) endorsement to watching the sons of anarchy it is for me it is just is almost um it is almost at a blindsight level of my endorsement that you should watch it. One more thing is that they bring in Unser, the corrupt cop, who basically lets the sons run charming. He's like the only like sl- kind of nice character in the show. The only one who at heart is kind of a good man. Um, but they bring in another good man at one point who is uh, played by Jimmy Spitz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, a, he's a pimp who's just a really nice guy. <laughs> he's just like really upstanding and good and moral and wants to get out of the game uh treats his employees right has a relationship with Gemma for a while but when Gemma does something really bad you know he's genuinely appalled uh you know and it, and just becomes like Jax's closest ally which maybe doesn't reflect so well on him but like he's the guy who Jax can like always have a reasonable conversation with and like is on you know his level of intelligence which in the show obviously Jax is the most intelligent guy ever to live <laughs> Although uh, he does not join, literally join the Suns as like a member, you know, uh, bulking out the team after almost all of them die uh, with Tibbs and, and with Chuck Tig. Uh, he uh, <laughs> he does. Um, that's what they renamed uh, in, in the final episode. But like he he, um, he actually does survive uh, him. Him and Adriana both survive, which is nice. Uh, also, another band that I think uh, Kurt Sutter probably likes is the Grateful Dead because there's a cop in season seven called Althea Jarry, and there's a very famous Grateful Dead song called Althea, and also Jarry. The way they say it sounds a lot like Jerry. Need I say more? But um, and yeah, you know, Kurt Sutter, he just likes that, you know, that good classic rock shit. You know? <laughs> um, but. Yeah, uh, and I just want to clarify as well uh, in closing. I know that like Chapo have got that new spin-off show where they did an episode of Sons of Anarchy. I just want to say that I started rewatching Sons of Anarchy before they did that completely on my own volition. I I yep, did sir. listen to it, admittedly, and have possibly <laughs> inadvertently stolen a couple of their talking points today, but I I very much mm-hmm. wanted to talk about Sons of Anarchy before I saw that happened. I am my own man doing my own thing. I I I, I do not need Daddy Chapo to tell me what to do. Okay, so 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 I am not a, I am not uh, just a Patreon number. I am a free man. <laughs> yeah. So just preempting those criticisms from the haters now, motherfuckers. 
Yeah. Um, that's right. That's right. You show them. You show them, Jack. You know, uh, he's gonna come at. He's gonna come at. He's gonna come at you like the suns, which means he's gonna like. He's gonna like sort of walk up to you and sort of breathe heavily, and then go away and come up with like a complicated triple cross that immediately falls apart. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm gonna come at you like the suns. Uh, please don't have me arrested because that would definitely mean I'm gonna uh. murder you. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll just blow up half the town, uh, <laughs> inadvertently get Yair killed, uh, and, and make, like, a pound. <laughs> been been real fun. Cheers for coming on, Riley. Yeah, thanks, Riley. Yo, thank you very much for having me. And uh, don't forget to listen to The Bottleman, a podcast I'm doing with uh, Dan Beckner of Operators and lately of Wolf Parade. Uh, about Canadian politics. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know how many listeners we have in Canada, but, you know, if if anyone wants to learn about Canada, That's right. you know, check that out. If, yeah, if, they, if you enjoyed the Michael and Us crossover episode and want to learn more about the weird and wonderful land from which Neil Young hails. That's right. Um, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. One final thing. Uh, so, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so there's this way that like Neil Young, Crazy Horse will do stuff like uh, that. I won't even realize till later. Like they have a song called like Walk Like a Giant, and at the end of that song, it goes on for about twenty minutes every time because the, at the end they just start going like boom, boom, and all just doing these big like slamming noises with their instruments. And it took me a while to realize, oh, they're making the sound of a giant walking in the song Walk Like a Giant. And that is Kurt Sutter, man. That's, <laughs> that is some Sutter shit right there in terms of like the Adriana comment and shit like that that you mentioned, Riley. That's, that's pure Sutter. So it does not surprise me that there is a Neil Young cover in the show to learn that Kurt is most likely a fan. <laughs> so just bringing it back to Neil, uh, right. speaking of Canada in the final moments of the show. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Riley. Thanks for listening. Peace. Okay. Bye, everybody. I'd rather ride on my motorcycle and I don't want to die Just want to ride on my motorcycle oh, It was late last night